Open your Bibles to the book of Ezekiel chapter 47. You don't have to stand. I'm going to read a lengthy portion of the 47th chapter of the book of Ezekiel. If you've never heard of that book, then it's been too long since you picked up your Bible. Amen. If you don't know where that book is, it's been too long since you picked up your Bible. But Ezekiel was one of the prophets to God's people during the, the worst time, perhaps uh, uh, one of the worst times in their history. Um, they were uh, in the hands of the Babylonians, 70 years of captivity, and um, they were taken away from their homes. They were in exile for a long period of time, and during that time, God began to deal with Israel and speak to them through the man of God, the prophet of God, and he spoke to them rebuke. He spoke to them about their problems and their sin, but he also spoke to them about their possibilities and their future. You know, that's the thing that I love about the Lord. It doesn't matter how bad my life is. God never leaves me on a sour note. Whatever might be wrong in my life, God may point that out, but that's not where he's going to stop. He's going to keep talking and he's going to keep speaking until he brings to my attention the possibilities and the faith and the hope of the future. And so that's where we're going to pick up in the book of Ezekiel chapter 47. And I want to begin with verse 1, and I'm going to read down probably through verse number 12. And it reads like this, And afterward he brought me again unto the door of the house, which was speaking of the temple. And behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward, for the forefront of the house stood toward the east, and the waters came down from under from the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. I want to stop here for a moment, and I want you to pay particular attention to the detail at which God precisely uh, paints the picture for uh, us to understand. There was specifics about this. This was not generalities. When you read this, there is no question. You know where it began. You know what it was. You know where it was moving. You know what it was touching and where it was going. That's what I like about God. God does not just come to speak to us in general terms, but God knows how to get right down God knows the curb on which you sit tonight. He knows the address of where you and I live. And so when God speaks to our life, He doesn't speak in some general tone of, well, somewhere down the line or somewhere in your future, but He talks about where I am right now. That, to me, is one of the great things about the Lord. And so we read, verse 2, Then brought he me out of the way of the gate northward and led me about the way without unto the outer gate by the way that looketh eastward. And behold, there ran out waters on the right side. And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits or about a quarter of a mile 
And he brought me through waters, and the waters were to the ankles. Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters. The waters were to the, to the knees. Again, he measured a thousand or about a quarter of a mile and brought me through and the waters were to the loins. And afterward, he measured a thousand and it was a river that I could not pass over for the waters were risen. I love that. The waters were risen. Everybody say that with me. The waters were risen. Waters to swim in. A river that could not be passed over. And he said unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen this? Then he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the river. Now when I had returned, behold, at the bank of the river were many trees on the one side and on the other. Then said he unto me, These waters issue out toward the east country and go down into the desert and go into the sea, which being brought forth into the sea, the waters shall be healed. I love that portion of this text. The waters shall be healed, that are influenced and touched by this river. Amen. That's what you have to understand. What was this sea that he was talking about? What were these waters that he was referring to here? They were the Dead Sea. So this river that started at the throne of God and flowed down the altar and went eastward out of Jerusalem, flowed out through the desert and down to the Dead Sea, the Bible said it healed those waters. That's the powerful influence of the Spirit and what it can do. And it shall come to pass that everything that liveth, which moveth, whithersoever the river shall come, shall live. Note again, whithersoever the rivers shall come, shall live. And there shall be a very great multitude of fish because these waters shall come thither. What waters? The river that began at the throne. For they shall be healed and everything shall live whether the water or whether the river cometh. Again, underline, everything shall live whether the river cometh. And it shall come to pass that the fishers shall stand upon it from in even unto in whatever that one is. And they shall be a place to spread forth nets. Their fish shall be according to their kinds as the fish of the great sea exceeding many. But the miry places thereof and the marshes thereof shall not be healed. They shall be given to salt. Very powerful principle right there. I hope I can help you understand it. And the miry places. Everybody say the miry places. And the marshes. Everybody say and the marshes. The swampy places and the marshes thereof shall not be healed. They shall be given to salt. And by the river upon the bank thereof on this side and on that side shall grow all trees for meat whose leaves shall not fade, neither shall the fruit thereof be consumed. It shall bring forth new fruit according to his months because their waters they issued out of the sanctuary 
and the fruit thereof shall be for meat, and the leaf thereof for medicine. And everybody said, Amen. Praise God. Buckle your seatbelt. Hang on. We're fixing to take a ride. Praise God. I want to talk to you for a little while tonight about the transforming power of the Spirit. The transforming power of the Spirit. And I'm just praying that God will help me get out of me. I preached it last night in my sleep. I hope I can preach it to you tonight in my awakeness, awakeness. I read recently about the great city of Shanghai in China. Shanghai over the last few years has become one of the most powerful industrial cities in the world and it has grown uh, by leaps and bounds. Real estate there is uh, extremely expensive and it has become one of the most powerful port cities of the world. And yet it is not located on the coast. It is some 20 miles inland or so, maybe a little further than that, inland from the sea or the ocean. But there is a river that flows by, and that river, I I don't recall the name, and I probably couldn't even pronounce it, but it is an extremely large river at that particular point in the country, and it is a mighty passageway for great vessels to come inland from the ocean to make Shanghai the powerful port that it is. But the river itself is an extremely dirty river. And it is said that it carries a great amount of silt and sludge that gathers way up in the highlands of China. And even in its source, it is muddy because of the deposits that are picked up by the powerful currents and they are pushed down. And in its beginning place, it's very narrow and uh, it it is not the massive uh, width that it is at Shanghai, but there is a force that pulls the water down toward the sea and with it comes this great amount of silt. And where the rivers are confined, the waters move swiftly and They carry with it all of the debris and the silt that uh, it accumulates in its passage. But as it gets near to Shanghai, the river begins to spread out. And as the river begins to spread out, the current begins to slow down. And when the current begins to slow down, the silt and the debris that has been easily carried along by the current begins to fall down to the bottom of the channel. And as you can only imagine, if you just keep that going 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, it doesn't take long to understand that if that continues to happen, then Shanghai is going to become inaccessible. You're not going to be able to bring the large vessels in because of the great amount of silt that are deposited there. And thus, there there is a threat to this vibrant city that has been becoming more and more conscious to those uh, who understand what is at stake. 
And so as a result of that, they have put in place a dredging system to where they are continually moving up and down the channels and they are digging down into the depths of the current and the channel and they're picking up all of that debris and silt that has been left behind by a slowing current. I want you to get that, a slowing current. That as the current begins to slow down, things begin to pile up. As the waters begin to slow, and there's not a free flowing of that river like there was upstream where the, the banks are narrower and, and it's more constricted and confined. Now it's into a larger place and the waters begin to slow and as the waters begin to slow, then all of that stuff that has been gathered up in its journey toward the sea begins to fall down and clog access to that great port city. And when I read that, I thought, you know, that is so typical of our human life. That when the current or the spirit of our life begins to slow down, things begin to clog up. That if we can keep the current moving, if, and I'm not talking about just your natural spirit, I'm talking about the essentiality of the Holy Spirit in your life. That when the, the Spirit of God is moving freely in our lives, how easy it is for us to deal with problems and how easy it is for us to deal with all of the sludge and the silt that just comes with living life. You don't have to be vile or ugly or, or, or evil or wicked to, to accumulate things in life. But as long as there is a free flow of the Spirit in your life, it keeps that stuff moving along so it doesn't pile up. But when that Spirit begins to wane and when the Spirit of God in our life begins to slow, if you could use that terminology, and that current of the Spirit begins to slow, then things begin to fall, and, and, and things begin to pile up in our life, and it stops the progress. It will, it will clog up the avenues of economy, and what was once vibrant, and what was once a life that was happy and carefree, now becomes burdened down, and held down by the buildup of stuff in life. When I read that, I thought, Lord, what we need is a mighty, transforming, powerful flow of your Spirit in our life at all times. And we need it now more than we have ever needed it before because like a river that flows, so is our life. And we carry the deposits of life and the things that are gathered as you live and you can't help it. You don't have to have a breakdown in your family. You don't have to have a crisis. Just normal, everyday living. There are things that you pick up and things that pile on. And what is needed in life is a strong flow of the Spirit. 
what is needed in our life to keep that from building up and inhibiting our progress and inhibiting our movement is a strong flow of the Spirit. The silt and the sludge is simply part of life and you cannot get by without it. So what you and I need constantly is the transforming power of the Spirit flowing and moving in our life. And that is the picture that God painted for Israel in a time in their life when they needed to know that our situation can change. You talk about something that had become clogged up. You talk about something that had stopped its flow. Their spiritual life had come to a standstill. They were stagnant. They were lifeless. They were hopeless, and they didn't see a future. And so God sent a man into their life to tell them about a river that can flow, that can transform everything in your life. That when the river begins to flow, it will change the landscape of your life. That when the river begins to flow, it will move all of that junk out of your life. That when the river begins to flow, all of that buildup can be pushed out of the way. And there can be access again, spiritual access. Amen. What we need is that transforming power of the Spirit. So I want you to go with me and let's just look at what Paul or what Ezekiel saw here in this particular portion of Scripture. He had been taken on a journey. If you read Ezekiel 47, God had taken him around the city of Jerusalem. And now he brings him back to the door of the temple. And he brings him to a place where he can see the altar and the other parts of the temple. And then he shows him a river. A river that doesn't begin in the temple, but it begins at the throne of God. And it flows down to the temple. And it flows not only to the temple, but it flows by the altar. And as it begins to make its way through, it begins to transform every place that it goes. It begins to change the landscape. Now you have to understand that that picture, that image was strange to them because there was no such river in Jerusalem like that. There was no river in Jerusalem at all. Jerusalem was unlike any other major city of its day. It was not built beside a river for transport. It was not built beside a river for economy. It was built in the mountains, in the high places. There is where Jerusalem, that's where God chose to put His name. The only thing that they had to even associate with a river was the brook Kidron, which was dry all the time except in the rainy season. And then it would have water flowing through it, but there was no flowing river. And so what God showed Ezekiel was that what happens when the Spirit of God begins to move, it will transform the landscape. You won't even recognize the place. You won't even realize what is happening because you've never seen anything like this before. Amen. And so I believe what God showed Ezekiel was a type of the Spirit. He showed him what the Spirit could do. 
he showed him the potential of that flow and what that flow could produce and what that flow could alter and what that flow could affect. He showed them. And so when I read Ezekiel 47, I I don't just read about a river naturally. I read about a river spiritually. I, I understand that it's a typology that what he is actually referring to is not a natural river, but a spiritual river. He is talking about a source of power that comes from the very throne of God. And as it begins to flow down through the temple and in through the city of Jerusalem and out the gates of Jerusalem and eastward and out into the desert area and ultimately to the Dead Sea, it literally transforms everything it touches. That, my friend, is why we need a flow of the Holy Ghost in this place. I don't mean a trickle. I don't mean a drop. I don't mean a sprinkling. I don't mean an ounce. I mean a flow of the Holy Ghost in this place. That's why we need to always pray that God would give us a flow of His Spirit because of what it can do. And because of what it can transform in our lives. Look at the transforming power as it flowed out of that throne. And as it flowed down to the temple. Look at what it affected. Look at what it changed. Look at what it improved. Look at what it blessed. Look at what it beautified. That is my friend the perfect picture of what the Holy Ghost is meant to be in my life. That when it begins to flow, it affects things in me. And when it begins to flow, it begins to change things in me. All that buildup of stuff, all that buildup of bitterness and anger and resentment and hate and all of the hurts and all the other stuff that pile up in life, when the Spirit begins to flow, it washes that stuff out of my It moves it on down. It takes it out to the sea to be deposited where it belongs. That, my friend, is why every one of us need a constant flow of the Spirit in our life because it is transforming. And when that slow, that flow begins to slow, the sludge begins to build up. That's when little things become big things. And we have fallings out over the most idiotic things. We get mad at people over the, the, the dumbest things. We, we, we cut off friendships and we sever relationships because of insignificant things because there's just such a build up there's no commerce you can't get through it you try to you you try to make your way but there's no way there's too much sludge in the in the channel you can't get to where you need to go and so God showed Israel the solution to it it is a flow of the spirit that begins from the throne of God it that's where all the best things come from anyway church they don't come from my office. 
They don't come from this keyboard. They don't come from the sound booth. They don't come from a Sunday school class. The best things that come to this church come from the throne of God. They are coming from the very hand of God, orchestrated by God, designed by God, purposed by God, created by God. Oh, yes, designed by God, made just for you and I. That's where the best things come from. And church, listen to me. I will not be satisfied with dead church, and I will not be satisfied with dead saints, and I will not be satisfied with lifeless worship. There's got to be something in all of us that is vibrant and powerful because that's what the Spirit of God is meant to be in our life, a powerful changing force. Amen. Amen. It improved everywhere it went. Praise God. When the Holy Ghost begins to move, it improves everywhere it goes. Life gets better. It gets sweeter. If life isn't too hot right now, maybe what you need to do is just get down in an altar somewhere and say, God, I need you to help me get these channels open up because I need that flow of your spirit. I need that free flow of your spirit because I'm tired of living this junky life that I'm living. I'm tired of all the junk that I'm having to live in and with. I need you to clean some of that out. That's why you need a flow of the Holy Ghost in your life at all times. And not only does it improve everywhere it goes, it beautifies. Do you know the most beautiful people on the face of the earth are spirit-filled people? Now, make you listen to me. No, no, I don't mean spirit-filled in word. I mean spirit-filled in deed. I'm talking about really... I've run into a lot of people that are so-called spirit-filled, and when I look at their life and it's so contaminated and polluted, I'm thinking God would not live in that kind of dwelling under any circumstance. What I see about God is that wherever He goes, He cleans. Wherever He goes, He purifies. Wherever He goes, He makes better. Wherever He goes, He improves. Don't tell me that you can have God and stay the same way you were. You cannot have God and stay the same way you were there's something about God that is transforming and there's something about him that will take you to a better place he'll make you a better person he'll make you easier to get along with he'll make you happier he'll make you smile more he'll make you sing more he'll make you rejoice more hallelujah praise God Oh, the flow and what it improved and beautified and it came from the throne and it came past the altar and it went out into the city and ultimately out the gates and into the countryside and down to the Dead Sea. And what I love about it, what I love about what God showed me in this passage is that when the Spirit is flowing... It increases as it moves along. It never decreases. It ought to increase. Let me rephrase that. It ought to increase. Because when he showed him the picture of this river, when the first measurement came, it was only at his ankles. But as he moved on deeper into that current, 
he found himself a quarter of a mile. He was at his knees and and another quarter of a mile and he's at his waist and another quarter of a mile. He's in over his head. He's in over. He's got water to swim in. That's where God's ultimately trying to bring all of us to a place where there's no flesh showing, but there's only the powerful influence of the Spirit of God in our life. There are far too many people that get in and they stay at ankle deep all their life. You know what that tells me? There's too much flesh showing. That's why God kept moving him along. Yeah, he said, Ezekiel, that's not, we got to move on. That's not, that, that's okay. That's good, but that's not where I want you. And so God moves him up. And now there's water to his knees. There's more, there, there's less of Ezekiel, but there's still too much Ezekiel showing. And so he said, Ezekiel, that's not where I want you to stop either. Come on, I want you to. And so he gets to where he's waist deep in the water. There's less Ezekiel, but there's still too much Ezekiel. Ah, yes, that's what the Spirit of God. God keeps working on us until there's less of us and more of Him. He keeps moving us along step by step and and process by process. When we first look at ourselves and we think, God, I can never be what you're calling me to be. But if you'll just let the Spirit of God continue to flow in your life, He'll take you a little deeper. It'll take you a little deeper until there's less of you and more of Him. And ultimately, He will take you to the place where there is nothing of you but all. All of him. Hallelujah. That's where God's trying to take us. And if you're not moving in that direction, you might ought to get with the flow. Amen. Amen. You ought to get with the flow. If you're still, if there's still too much of you showing, come on, get with the program and say, God, I need you to move me along. I I, I want to get in the flow of this thing. I'm tired of being carnal. I'm tired of living by my carnal appetite. I'm tired of responding to things in a carnal frame of mind. I want to move into a deeper relationship so it increased first the ankle, then the thigh. And then it flowed out into their world. Everybody say their world. It flowed out. Their world was the Holy Lands. It was... It was all that Israel had been promised. It flowed out into their land. That tells me that when the Spirit of God is allowed to flow, it will flow out into our world. It will flow into our chaos. It will flow into our impossible situation. It will flow into our problems. It will flow into our hurts. It will flow into our misgivings. It will flow into our struggles. It will flow into our pain. It went out into their world. And as it went out into their world, what did the Bible say? It healed. Amen. It healed. Everybody say it with me. It healed. You see, there's a transforming power of the river that wherever it flows, it carries life, it carries growth, it produces fruit, and it brings blessing. It is the influence of this Spirit on every place that it touches, how it changed everything connected to it. Oh, that's why we need the Holy Ghost in our place. That's why we need the Holy Ghost in our church. 
Amen. That's why we need the Holy Ghost tonight on a Wednesday night. We've got stuff we need to get washed on out. It's building up. There's too much stuff in the way right now. We can't hardly do what we need to do now. We need a flow on a Wednesday night. We need to say, God, come on, increase that flow. Bring me into those waters that are deep. Keep me moving in the current of your power. Keep me going in the direction that I need to go. How it changed everything connected to it. Vegetation began to spring up in the wilderness. Trees began to blossom and bloom by the river. Fruit came to the tree. Amen. All because of the powerful transforming ministry of the Spirit. Not only that, but the river purified life. The quality of life increases when the Holy Ghost is allowed to flow. Amen. You know what, folks? If life stinks, you know how to improve a stinky life? Get the Holy Ghost flowing in your life. Because the Holy Ghost purifies. It'll purify your mind. It'll purify your mouth. It'll purify your actions. It'll purify your attitude. It'll purify your spirit. When the flow of God's spirit begins to work in your life, the way it, it'll wash all those vulgar words out of your mouth. It'll knock them out of your mind. So that's not the first thing that comes to your mind when something bad happens. There'll be something inside of you that will rise up and praise God no matter what happened. That only happens where there is an adequate flow of the Holy Ghost and so it purifies the life the quality of their life increased the river gives hope even to the worst places it's not afraid to go it went into the wilderness amen it went into the dead dry wilderness you see that's something about God that always amazes me is he's not a, he's not afraid of my mess yeah, he, he's not afraid of my mess. It gives hope that you can be better than you are by the help of his spirit. The water that flows went out into the desert. What mercy it is that the spirit comes to a desert place. God's not afraid of your mess, church. He's not afraid. And listen to me. The only thing that can transform your mess is the Spirit. That's the only thing that can transform your mess. That's the only thing that can transform deadness and dryness and hardness and meanness. Oh, it's that flow of the Holy Ghost. And when it begins to flow, it's amazing what it does to the heart and the mind and the spirit and the mouth and the attitude, it softens. Amen. I begin to say sweet, kind things. I, I, I'm not as sharp and mean and edgy as I was. Oh, I'm not, I'm not beating the bush. I'm not beating around the bush tonight. I'm beating on the bush right now. Amen. What we need is a transforming power. Of the Holy Ghost. And what God showed Ezekiel is what God showed me that could happen at Greater Life Church. That there could be such a flow of His Spirit out of this place that it does the same thing to our lives that this river did to that landscape. 
transforming, making us better, bringing us to a better place. The river heals life, flowing eastward to the Dead Sea of all places, the Dead Sea where nothing lived. The Bible said that river would heal the Dead Sea, so much so that fish would swim in the Dead Sea. That's, that's powerful, folks. That the Spirit of God can flow into a situation that is so salty and so acrid and so horrible that nothing can live there. And as it begins to flow, it begins to transform. And as it transforms, little polywog over here and a little something over there movement. Next thing you know, there's a fish here and there's a... And, and, and that's, that's not my imagination. That's what the Bible said happened when that river flowed down to the Dead Sea. It brought life. It purified. It heals. Makes even the bitter waters of the Dead Sea rich with life. Listen to me, folks. The Spirit of God can heal the worst situations. The Spirit of God can heal the worst hurts. The Spirit of God can heal the worst problems. The Spirit of God can help us with whatever it is that we are facing. Amen. Oh God, we need a flow of that Spirit tonight. We need to We need a what we used to call an old-fashioned gully washer. You know what we meant by that? How many of you lived where you had ditches in front of your house? You ever lived that? We lived in a place where we had ditches in front of our house. And stuff built up. Stuff we put in there. And stuff that little trickling rains brought. But man, when you had a gully washer, my Lord have mercy. It picked up all that garbage and debris and it just washed it on down the ditch. Out of sight and out of in your vision and out of your life, hopefully, that's what the Holy Ghost can do. That's what we need is a gully washer. And you know what I like? I love how the Scripture, literally, one translation, I think, seems to indicate that when God got through with this washing and the water that flowed down to the Dead Sea and now there's life, teeming and there's fish swimming everywhere in this impossible situation transformed by the power of this river the next thing God says now you go fish go fish go go fish go where nothing was alive and draw out life what was dead is now teeming with life go enrich your life go better your life because of what the Holy Ghost is doing in your life uh, what we need is that rising tide of the Holy Ghost tonight. A constant flow, an increasing flow. The only place, and this is where I close, the only place that this water could not help was where? The marsh and the swamp. You know what a marsh and a swamp are? 
They are the remnants of what is left when the current stops. When there is no flow, the marsh and the bog begin. And what lives in the marsh and the bog? Anybody ever been in a marsh? Anybody ever been in a bog? You ever stepped out in that that horrible, most putrefying, all that stuff is dead and dying? You, it's just, it, it, it's so rich in one sense. It, it's just almost uh, just sucks your feet under and it has the most awful smell on this side of heaven. And it's all because the waters have stopped flowing. And you know what God said? That's the only place there will be no healing. As a matter of fact, He said, in those places, salt will become the prominent feature. Folks, I'm telling you right now, you better listen to your preacher, your pastor, whatever you call me. You better listen to me tonight. You better make sure that there is a constant flow of the Holy Ghost in your life. Because if you don't, you have put yourself in the only place that God cannot help you nor will help you. He said, there will be no healing, but there will be salt. It will be a salty place. You know what you and I need? We just need a good old-fashioned outpouring of the Holy Ghost. We need God to come mightily, amen, abundantly, excessively. That's what I see in this river. There was not a little stream trickling out. It was a mighty stream. It was a river that began to flow. It was a great current of water that began to move from the throne of God. God is not a miserly God. God is not a God who is short on anything, but He is a God of great abundance. And if you and I will simply begin to ask for it, God will do it. He will pour out. He will let that river flow. If, if we've got to get the, 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 the sludge uh, machines out and dredge the current or dredge the channel a little bit, whatever it takes, God, I've got to get the current moving because I don't want all this stuff built up in my life. I don't want to have to live with all this junk anymore. I want a free flow of the Holy Ghost. And so the mystic stream, the river, was a symbol of the transforming power of the Spirit as it moves throughout the land and oh, the difference that it made. You know what? I just keep believing that when that Spirit begins to flow in this place, what a difference it's going to make in families and lives and futures and homes and hearts. Amen. Under the influence of the Spirit, the most hopeless situations can be changed. Amen. God can revive. Praise God. He can make the desert to bloom. Did you hear me? This river can make the desert bloom. It doesn't matter how dry you feel tonight. It doesn't matter how backslid you feel or how far from God you feel or God doesn't. You just hear me. If you can just get that river flowing, it'll transform that desert. Amen.
it will. The bitter becomes better, and everything shall live. Oh, I love that. Wherever the river flowed, there was life. Amen. Wherever it flowed, wherever it was allowed to flow, there was life. That's what we need, church. The transforming power of the Holy Ghost flowing, moving like a mighty river. God, we need more of it. We never can reach the place where we're satisfied with what we have. We need more. Stand with me right now. Amen.